This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Welcome to the SNM show that's all about what's working and what's not in stocks and markets. I'm Julian Ng, and together with me is my colleague Kusu Chuang. And our guest today is Munim Salam, fund manager of Saturna Capital. And we're going to talk about two main themes today low cost funds as well as diversification into the ASEAN region. Munim, uh, good morning. Welcome again. Uh, good morning. Thank you for having me. Yes, great to have you here. So you're launching a new fund. Uh, you have launched a new fund. Yeah, back in uh, earlier this year, we actually converted a wholesale fund into a retail fund. Um, and it's an ASEAN equity. So it's equity only investing in five markets of the ASEAN region. It's uh, Indonesia, Singapore, Malaysia, Thailand and Philippines. Of course, uh, you keep to that uh, Sharia investing theme for your fund, but uh, there are so also some unique features of this fund in the sense that it's a supposedly a very low-cost fund. Can you uh, just tell us what are some of these low-cost features? Absolutely. So when we first came here, we realized that the, the, the fund industry in Malaysia really charges high fees for their unit holders. So we really wanted to come up with a unique product. Um, and going along those lines, what we've done is we've tried to lower the fees and really align uh, fund management interests with the unit holders. Um, so the first thing you'll notice is when you buy the fund, you're buying it at NAV. It means there's no sales commission going in. Um, there's no. It's a daily liquidity fund, so you can sell it at any time without any fees. Uh, it's a very low minimum, 2,000 ringgit uh, initially, and then 200 thereafter. And then the, the most unique feature I find is the fact that we actually don't charge a fund management fee. Um, it's a pure profit kind of a fund. So what happens is on any given day that the, inv- um, that the money goes up in value, the NAV goes up in value, we, uh, we uh, uh, accrue 10%. And if it goes down the next day, we'll pay it back to the fund. At the end of oh, the very year... interesting. Yeah. And, and uh, do you have like a fixed fee uh, is that, or is that purely just based on profits and so, movement of funds? So there are fund expenses that we actually do charge of the unit holders. There's the, the transfer agency, the fund accounting, auditing, those type of things. But all of that is capped at about 55 basis points, so 0.55%. Is that over and above the profits, uh, sh- profit sharing? Yeah, so think of it this way. If we did nothing uh, throughout the year, meaning that you ended up with the same NAV from January 1st to December 31st, you're still paying 0.55%. Okay, that's that's still a lot lower than industry standards at the moment where uh, 1.5% to 2% per annum is charged on equity f- uh, funds, management fee on, on equity funds. Yeah, so I'm quite curious because the distribution model traditionally in Malaysia, and this is how some of the biggest uh, asset management firms in the country have been built on, it's really the unit trust um, 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 salespeople who are you know typically your cousin, your uncle, your retired, retired auntie or whatever. And they say, hey, you look at what you're doing the retirement funds, uh, put some money with me. And on the basis of that uh, fiduciary familial relationship, the, the, you know, they, they get a lot of business that way. So that's the traditional model, right? So how is Saturna doing it? Have you got a whole battery of unit trust agents out there or are you doing it some other way? No, this is going to be by word of mouth and it's going to be by uh, certain distribution companies um, who manage whose management actually buys into this philosophy of, of really continue to lower fees for the investor. So currently we're, um, our distribution is, is through iFast. Uh, and so how, how does iFast work? Uh, iFast is basically an online uh, supermarket of funds. Mm-hmm. Um, and yep. you basically apply for, with them, and then from there you can buy funds. Yeah, so uh, you, you have to pay a fee for using the platform, right? Uh, yes, the, the fee is, is also fully disclosed in the, in the prospectus. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, uh, they, the unit holder only pays 
0.25% per year. Okay, so, so, so if we add it all up, uh, it's 25 bips compared to 5.5% that a normal fund would not charge for the sales commission. I think that's coming down to uh, industry-wide, it's pushing it down to perhaps about 3% and uh, coming off as well. But it's 25 basis, and then the fixed management charge of 55 compared to 15 to 2% of uh, commercial funds right now in the industry, and then that 10% uh, profit sharing, loss of profit sharing, right? Right. So, I mean, if you look at a normal fund, it would be, you know, usually through three and a half to five percent up front. So you're basically starting off, you know, behind in the hole in, yeah. in the race. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then from there on an, on an annual basis, as you mentioned, about one point five to two percent every year that they're charging. So what we've done is said, OK, when you're starting off, you know, we're not going to charge you anything for doing it. And then every year fix is going to be point five five. And then if, if you make money that year, we'll take 10% of the profit as a fund management fee. Mm-hmm. So the real problem I have with this country is because, you know, those brochures that you know, trust companies say, oh, retire, you know, uh, retire uh, liquid and, and young and, and whatever. And they show a couple walking down the beach hand in hand, sipping daiquiris, right? <laughs> but that's, that's all, all hyperbole, right? So the, so the thing is, um, what you're proposing is interesting, but... There, there is a bit of a chasm in the market between what people are comfortable with in terms of buying a unit trust product and going to IFAST. And IFAST is kind of like an alien concept for most Malaysians at this point in time. Yeah. IFAST is actually B2C. Uh, Correct, so it, is. Uh, it, it will still depend on the advisors to get the investor into the fund. But IFAST also has uh, the, the B2... Uh, sorry, IFAS is B2B, but they also have the B2C. Correct, but which it's, not, is, which it's, is it's not one of those internet domain names that will roll off as quickly of the tongue as like a Google or a Facebook. Yeah. No, no, it'll, it'll, take time. it'll take time, right? I mean, look, look everybody in, in Malaysia used to complain about the taxi system here. And then eventually Uber and Grab came up with a, with a different business model and they were able to do well. And it didn't take them overnight. It did take them some time to be able to g- gain and strength. They threw money at it, but you know, I'm, I'm presuming Saturna doesn't have you know, $5 billion in, in well, venture capital. Uh, well, every time you want to, uh, you know, you, you think about the, the, the account you open up and you get a free toaster, somebody's paying for that free toaster. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, just, just to clarify here, um, IFAS is the B2B platform, uh, whereas the, the, within the same company is also Fund Supermart, which is the B2C platform where uh, people, investors can go directly into uh, those uh, stated funds. And I suppose your uh, fund, your ASEAN fund, would be on Fund Supermart as well. That's correct. Okay. Um, let, let, let's take a look at how this all adds up in a very good year. Say the fund makes 20%. That means your the portion would be 2% plus the 55 bibs. Uh, that would be 2.5%. So is there uh, a problem with sticking to the low-cost philosophy, right? Uh, because at, in those good years, your fund would be more expensive than a normal commercial fund. That's true. And, yeah. But the other point about that is we're putting our money where our mouth is. We're, we're uh, aligning our interest with that of the unit holder. So when you're making money, you should be able to pay your fund manager to be able to make money for you. And in the down years, uh, you know, when you don't make money, then you, know, they shouldn't be, uh, uh, you shouldn't be still paying your, mo- your fund manager to manage the money that was going negative. So we, we basically have a 0% if it's if, if the money's down that year. So Jules, twenty percent is a fantastic return. Um, it is. Know, yeah, you know. So obviously, in any given year, yeah. Exactly right. So there's two components for any investor. One one is the cost element, which is being addressed now, and the other one is the return element, which is as yet un- and and unknown. So you're an you're an ASEAN Sharia equity fund, right? Which means you can't buy maybe um, you can't buy alcoholic stocks, alcohol stocks. You can't banks. buy tobacco stocks. Banks you can't buy banks. One, yeah. And these are the proxies to the wider economy, right? Especially so banks, right? Especially not, not necessarily banks. tobacco and uh, gambling and. and no, the I mean, others. if you look at ASEAN, six hundred million people, rising affluence, rising middle class, you know, urbanization, 
they want they want to have um, high blood pressure. They want to have to get in the cars, <laughs> and they <laughs> and they want fast foods as well. Do you know what I mean? So, right. So you can't buy plantations. You can't buy banks. Why you can't, can't you buy, buy, buy plantation? Can't you? No, we can't. Okay, plantation so is okay. So basically, the, just to give you an idea, the shiri would be so no can, alcohol, tobacco, right, gambling. Right. So you're not you're not necessarily the ESG type investor, right? Uh, in this fund, we're, we're we we we're not saying that we ESG. We look at those, those factors. Okay, in this so it's fund, not hard not, and fast. Exactly, okay. it's not it's not hard and fast. But the other thing you want to keep in mind is yeah, um, look, uh, yes, the um, you know we 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 came out and said over the long run, um, our funds that are Sharia have been able to compete with conventional funds. And that's why one of the unique features of also fund is we're not calling it a Sharia or an I or anything along those lines. ASEAN Equity Fund doesn't imply that it is Sharia. Now, it's in the prospectus, so you can read it and know about it. But I, we think over the long run, we can do, do well for our investors. And really, that's really the point. We're not looking for uh, over and above the benchmark return because sometimes, a lot of times, you're taking more risk to do that. What we're saying is, look, you know, at the end of the day, what do you want to do? You want to make money and not lose it when it goes down. And so that's our goal is to be able to make our shareholders money and at the same time, when the market's going down, we want to protect their assets. Where are you on this active versus passive debate that's uh, raging on in the world right now? I mean, there are all these uh, fintech models coming out, including robo-advisory, uh, which invests into extremely cheap ETF funds and uh, automatically rebalancing the funds. Uh, but I, do you put yourself into, do you place yourself into the active portion or the passive portion? So we're active managers, but we're very, very low turnover. So I think maybe like a hybrid, if you want to say. Um, we, we do look at companies, we investigate them, we know who they are. And to a certain extent, you can say we marry them. I mean, we're, we're holding them for five or six years. Um, and, and we know what each of the management is, what the company does. So from that perspective, we are not a passive investor. Mm -hmm. um, however, uh, what we feel is, is that you have to pay for something if you're going to be hiring us as an active manager. And so what you're, what you're paying for is to be able to do the research. And then at the same time, again, going back to uh, our goal, our aim is that when the market goes down and all the passive funds are going down along with it, that we're going to try to protect your assets. Okay, and uh, what what about the uh, portfolio turnover? Could you give us some idea of how many times, how much of the percentage of the fund that you trade on, and how many stocks would you hold in your portfolio? So roughly, um, the number of stocks would be probably anywhere between 40 and 50. Um, in, in our larger funds that we've managed for about 30 years, uh, our average turnover has been about 6% per year. So it's fairly low. 6% is, is pretty low because I know of uh, many commercial funds that trade about maybe 30, 40, even 50% of their funds. Okay, Monem, okay, just want to ask you, because at least in Malaysia, when you look at the assets under management for the existing players, it, doesn't, it hasn't really grown a, a great deal in the last few years, right? So, you know, the advent of low-cost funds like yourself coming in um, and passive funds, they, they were growing, right? So, I mean, for example, you might have a Rakuten coming into Malaysia uh, and, and tying up with a Kananga, for example, right? So you don't have that structure. You don't have the local player. Um, two parts of this question. First of all, how are you, how are you going to get the word out necessarily with our local partner? The second thing is how much more do you think you can grow the market? What is the addressable, uh, untapped uh, market at this point in time? So, uh, first of all, um, we, we don't need a Malaysian partner because we are Malaysian. I mean, we've, been, we've been here. The, uh, the operating company has been around for 20 years. Uh, we just but took they it might over. not know the name Saturna. That's though. fine. Well, it'll okay. take time to be able to grow, grow the name, and we'll do that with radio shows like this or, or pounding the pavement and, and talking <laughs> to people. I like how you just included us in this whole <laughs> <laughs> struggle. We're in Malaysian too. <laughs> so, you know, but no, but, uh, but, but, but that's the case. I think, it, like, like I said, look, we're in this for the long run, so it's going to take us time. But I, we definitely feel that we're finally coming out with a fund that aligns shareholder interests with 
fund management. Okay, okay very, very interesting discussion. We're going to take a break now. And when we come back, we'll talk more about diversification, diversification into the ASEAN region, BFM 89.9. You're listening to the SNM show. Uh, a show that's all about stocks and markets. Um, I'm Julian Ng, together with Ku Su Chuang. And our guest this morning is Manim Salam, um, fund manager of Saturna Capital. We're talking about this ASEAN fund that Saturna has launched. Uh, why ASEAN, Manim? Uh, and this being your first fund as well, uh, why, why not Malaysia? Why not China? Why not the rest of the world? So um, when we looked at the market here, we realized that you know uh, everybody does a Malaysian fund. There's not much value add. Um, to be able to just come and say, we do the same thing everybody else does. Um, the other thing is, is that in order to be, there's just like any other country, uh, Malaysians have a home country bias. So they're always investing in the newest fund that's in Malaysia. We thought to be able to go out and be able to diversify a little bit, but not so far away that you wouldn't know exactly what you're doing. Uh, we thought we'd, we'd go and, and, and first try our, 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 our side with ASEAN, and then from there expand out into the region uh, and, and then global eventually. So Monim, you'll need a lot, a lot of warm bodies, right? Because you just told Julian you want to hold about 45, 50 companies, uh, which means on a 10 to 1 basis, you'll need to visit about 500 companies a year, right? And all over ASEAN. Presumably, presumably, you might, you might say th you know, 30 to 1, for example, to, to invest in 45. Um, so so what, what kind of resources have you got at your disposal? Yeah. And how much have you raised so far? And how much do you want to raise? Sure. And so don't, don't, don't tell me the world's the uh, oyster, oh. right? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, look, the, the idea is, is that um, we have certain criteria that we look at. So it, it, first of all, if there's 500 companies in ASEAN, you eliminate half of them from the Sharia criteria part perspective. Okay. Then you take out liquidity reasons and size of the companies, you end up with a smaller number. So there is a larger number, I'll guarantee that. But the fact that we're only looking for one or two ideas a year, because we're holding them for five or six years at a time, um, it doesn't take a lot of warm bodies. Maybe some other companies might do that. So we, but we do know our companies really well. So the 40, 50 we do own, we, we pretty much will know them very, very well. We know their management and those type of things. So what kind of assets under management would be optimal for you to make it meaningful? I mean, I think right now we're, um, we're sitting at about 12 million or so in assets under management. Ring it, yeah? Uh, ring it, okay. that's right. Mm -hmm. um, I think uh, um, we'd, we'd like to be able to see, I mean, who knows how the market's going to grow for us. We'd like to be able to see this fund at about 50 million ring it um, uh, from there and then, and then grow from there and then the world becomes our oyster. So um, I think one of the biggest uh, points about this home country bias is the currency effects. And um, how can we diversify away the currency effects when we're going also into the other emerging markets in ASEAN uh, that might also have that bit of currency volatility? Yeah. So one thing you want to keep in mind is on, on the currency side is that, look, if you're in Malaysia, you're only spending in ringgit, you don't have any kids sitting outside, you really don't have to worry as much about the, the, the currency issue. Um, Although if you look at the past two or three years, although all of the ASEAN currencies actually did go down, there were some that went down further than others did. So for example, Malaysia was on the bottom of the pile as far as the, the, the decrease in value of the ringgit. So if you were in Sing dollar, if you were in Indonesian rupiah, you would have saved a little bit of money by being in those countries or in that in the currency rather than the ringgit. And that's really the idea, is to be able to have that kind of diversification um, to not lose as much possibly if the market's going down. And, and do you think that ASEAN is, uh, j just to um, hone in on the idea of home country biases and other biases, right? Do you think that just by restricting to ASEAN, there is a kind of ASEAN bias in a sense that ASEAN is, is it truly representative of world growth and world innovation? No, absolutely not. And that's yeah. why I, I wouldn't say put 100% of your assets in ASEAN. Um, it would be a diversification strategy. Um, there are companies in Malaysia that are that actually take advantage of ASEAN. There are ASEAN countries that take advantage of the world, but there's not there's few and far between. Mm -hmm. So definitely, this is a part of your uh, asset allocation. 
but I would never tell anybody to put 100% of their assets. But in. It's is not As- enough diversification. Okay. Is, is ASEAN um, outpacing the world, though, in terms of growth, in terms of innovation, in terms of some of these consumption demographics? Yeah, I think uh, if you look at the three areas that we like to focus on, which is consumer, healthcare, and infrastructure, I mean, you have growth rates in, in the ASEAN region that are pretty much the highest in the world. I mean, Malaysia at 4.5, uh, Indonesia at 5.5, Philippines just clocked in about 6.8% GDP growth rate. And that's very impressive if you think about it. That's the same growth rate as China. Okay, so 50 million ringgit. I'm sorry, Munim. I mean, to, to some money, that might sound a lot. But, to, you know, 50 million ringgit into ASEAN, 45 stocks, six countries, that doesn't sound like a lot because that's what, 12, that's about 11.5 million US dollars. Mm-hmm. So you'll, you'll, be taking, you'll be taking like nibbles of small stocks, right? Well, they have the profit sharing as well. We have the profit sharing as yeah, well. Yeah, we, we have a profit sharing. I mean, we're not looking to take over the companies. We're not private equity yeah. and we're not venture capital. Yeah, yeah. We're looking to be able to get into companies that we think over the next five or six years will we'll be able to ride the wave of them actually doing well with increasing operating margins and, and better revenues and those type of things. So can I just... just uh, be a little bit naughty here because you mentioned <laughs> <laughs> Munim I mean ho- home country bias namely Malaysia now if you are a Sharia fund th- thereby meaning Muslim right um, a-, a Muslim investor in Malaysia is um, is has the benefit of a plethora of, of uh, options of options you know from your stable EPF um, uh, uh, fund you've also got Tabung Haji you've got ASN you know you've got all kinds of stuff you can even borrow money to put into them and, and enjoy the spread so I mean Surely the the, the, the Tambokajis and the ASNs would be your biggest competitors, not not the Rakutens of this world. Absolutely, and I think that's one of the things where we look at a benchmark rather than looking at an index or something like that. We have to say, well, you know, if a Malaysian's going to put their money in Tabung Haji or EPF, yeah, I mean, what kind of return they're going to get? They're going to get guaranteed eight percent. So that's your benchmark, right? It's not a five percent of the KLCI. Yeah, no, right, that's right, and and so that it makes is that what you're aiming for? Eight percent? No, we're okay. we're not aiming. We're basically, like I said, we're our our aim is to be able to make our investors money. Now, if for the market out there, EPF or those others, we usually give about a 6%, 5% dividend. So if that's the case, then that becomes our, our de facto benchmark. Mm, that's that's um, in ring, ringgit terms, though, ringgit the, terms. The, the EPF returns that's and the PNB correct. returns. But your 8% is uh, not ringgit terms, right? It's what, US dollar terms? No, no, this is in ringgit terms because it's a ringgit well. denominated fund. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so if, if it's still continue to be tied to the ringgit, then uh, there, there would be a, a kind of ringgit uh, relationship there. Would well, you would you say that you, you it might be preferable to quote the returns in US dollar, for example? Well, I mean, so we're we're we're, we're bu- you're buying the fund in ringgit. Yeah. It's investing in non-ringgit assets. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you, in order for you to liquidate out, we're going to be paying you back in ringgit. So the natural thing to becomes to be able to quote the returns in ringgit terms. Okay, but if you if you look at the S and P five hundred returns over the last uh, eight years or so, yeah. that's eight percent per annum in the U.S. dollar. Um, to really get away from the home country buyers, ringgit home country buyers, there has to be a return that's significantly outperforming the fall in the ringgit in the short term. That's correct. And yeah. so if we were if we were actually investing in the S and P or in the global markets, we probably would look at the U.S. dollar. But since over here we're actually looking at more ASEAN countries. So what what I'm what I'm trying to arrive at is whether this growth uh, coming out of ASEAN, mm-hmm. which is uh, going to be the next engine of growth for the world, would be can we expect a growth that's a lot higher than eight percent? Well, I mean, I think that um, yes, I think that d- we do find that the the, the the downturn in the currencies, which was primarily the driving factor in in the, in the negative returns, um, is not going to last forever. Um, so I, when that turnaround and that bottoming happens and it begins to rise again, you're going to see a lot of companies and funds that are invested in ASEAN do fairly well. So, Monim, year one return. What what are your expectations? 
Sorry, say it again. Year one. I mean, this this first year of of you know um, being in the fund. Yeah. Uh, what kind of returns can they investors expect? I'm not I'm not going to do that. But I will tell you, since we're on this issue of BFM, we yeah. can guarantee you better fees for your mutual fund. And that's that's a good start. <laughs> I, I think that's a good start when you're going to save five and a half percent sales fee. Well. That's all the time that we have for you. And thank you so much, Manim, for uh, joining us again. That was Manim Salam, fund manager of Saturna Capital, which is going to launch a new low-cost ASEAN fund. Joining us today on the SNM Show, I'm Julian Ng, together with Kusu Chuang for BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.